Find a spot around the fireplace, you goons. It's time for another tale of Casual Master Quest. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Welcome, people. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Casual Master Quest, episode number 11, the only podcast who has a team member trained to survive basic torture and interrogation. Maybe. We'll see. Right now, he's fighting off a terrible, terrible sickness. Hopefully not terminal. We'll find out. I am Tyler. That is Cam. That is Nick. How is everybody going? Cam, go. What do you want me to talk about? We're talking about video games? I like video games. Oh, video games yeah. are fun. Sure. Let's talk about video <laughs> games. How's your week been going, man? Uh, pretty good. Just mostly putting all my time into Octopath Traveler. I had to get as many hours in as I could pretty much to work on a review for that. So I'm about 22, 23 hours in at this point. So really just putting everything into that, oh, doing man. some streaming stuff. But yeah, that's pretty much it. We'll dig into it in a little bit. And of course, returning from the evil darkness that is Guardian Con with trophies over his shoulder, a crown on his head, and maybe some reactions to the locals. Nick. Nick, what's up, buddy? What's up, what's up, what's up? It's like it's like my little puppy is coming limping in, and it's like, <laughs> oh no, Nick! And I was like, he's all stiffly and stuff, and it's like, my poor Nick. He brought us gifts and diseases. That, well, I mean, why the not best, both? Best what's the difference? Yeah, the gift that keeps on giving. Nick, huh. you are alive. That is what matters. Achievement. I'm glad I you're here. To Florida, come back alive, but with sickness. We we're all back together. This is nice. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it feels like uh, once in a blue moon, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a busy summer, and I think it's gonna stay like this for the foreseeable future. No freaking kidding. Yeah. Uh, nice thing is uh, over on my end is I got a new streaming computer now, and I, I got the old beast that's humming away like a oh 1960s Mustang soft purring. Which isn't a good sign. It actually needs to really cool down soon. But I mean, with uh, this kind of animated wallpaper, you know, it's gonna overclock that son of a gun, right? Maybe? No? Okay, fine. <laughs> I hope not. I I'd be a little worried either. at that Please. point. Guys, help me. Uh, Are we talking circa 1999? Like, <laughs> yeah, this. The, I'm, I'm cooking eggs on this thing right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's say sunny side. Okay, so we are Casual Master Quests. We are on the 11th episode. Let's talk about what we've been playing. But first, since we all apparently love talking about this every single episode, I figured we're going to cut this little segment down. The Pokemon Go Watch. Oh, that's a thing now. That is, that is a thing now. I have decided that this is ridiculous. We keep spending 10 minutes on it. And if I describe <laughs> this whole thing, I'm going to fill the quota just as much. I want to give us each a minute. Okay, Nick, go. Pokemon Go. Um, I've just been trying to get gifts to send to people. That's it. I've been uh, busy with catching up at school and with my sickness that I haven't been able to get out much. Um, so I haven't been able to take part in any of the new raids or the events, but I'm super excited for uh, Community Day with Eevee. Hmm, okay. Cam. I think we lost Cam. Yes. Oh, uh, wait. He's, he's oh, the thing where he's like, I'm pretending that even though my or my whole computer froze, maybe if I don't <laughs> do anything, I was, the moment. It finally happened. I was doing the smile and nod. I was like, just hope. Mm -hmm. Just hope they're not talking, not asking Catch me something. back on. Cam. <laughs> Give us uh, your Pokemon Go minute. Ah, uh, yes. All right. So I just, you know, the raid battles. I actually didn't know Registeel jumped in to raids. I saw that like a day late when I was uh, with a group in the morning. And I was like, yeah, oh, that's yeah, great. got to do that because I've been busy doing other stuff. Haven't paid attention. So I got out there and I think for the seventh legendary in a row, I caught it first time. Got that out of the way. The pressure's nice. off now. And uh, I didn't go out today whatsoever. So 
Okay. All right, I was going to say, it's yeah. not Pokemon Minute. This is Pokemon 20 seconds. Jeez. Get Go it ahead, out. Uh, Nick, <laughs> work your clock back up. What I, no, I just called Cam a nerd. Oh, oh, oh thanks. You're welcome. Okay, that, that, that's half a second. I'm going to add it to the clock. <laughs> All right, myself, uh, totally did rate today. Caught about maybe four or five uh, Zapdoses. Two of them were shiny. Uh, as I posted on Twitter very excitedly, I got a 96 IV Zapdos that was shiny. So it's like, Mwah! that's yes. all I need. It's like at that point, it's like, just give me experience and give me candy. I'm happy. Uh, with all the raids that I got to do today, I did hit level 33. So I'm one step up and I'm one level away from being able to catch up with Cam Collects finally over there. And soon. I'm approaching 35. So uh, we'll yeah, see about Don't that. worry. You're on my friends list. So I can like calculate. I keep yeah. looking. It's like, oh, 800,000. <laughs> Oh, you see that go up very, very slowly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyways, oh, that... Yeah, I was just going to say, sorry, speaking of Pokemon Go, did you guys see the news about the new stuff in the app? Like the new data mine they did? No. So no. it just came out like a couple hours ago, actually, and there's a new type of Pokemon they're adding to the game called Lucky Pokemon. And what they are are not shinies, but they're specific Pokemon that have their own catch animation and crutch back, like backsplash screen, and they don't take any Stardust to power up. So you can just power them up like without Stardust completely, just the candies. Oh, wow. That's yeah. that's beautiful. Right? So oh. like mm -hmm. yeah. that, that, that would be so nice. So, so much you have to spend grinding for the freaking Stardust. Just okay. Oh, we're going to burn past our three minute mark there. Okay. So anyways, let's talk about the games we've really been playing. Cam, you've been you said you're talking about Octopath Traveler. You say 22 hours in so far? Yeah, just about 22, 23. Very nice. Uh, how far into the chapters have you gotten so far? Uh, so I'm working on what I'm actually doing is because the game's so freeform and because of how I wanted to take care of things, I hate switching out party members and having them be unequal. So I'm doing it two teams at a time, two teams of four at a time. So my first team of four is on their third chapters right now. I'm just starting to work on that pretty much. And uh, they're moving through. They're moving through doing that. So I'm on Ulrich's third chapter right now. But I've been doing all the chapter twos and such uh, as well. But the freeform nature of it just makes it so wonderful. You can jump around wherever you really want. So I've been hearing that some bosses can be very, very time consuming and challenging. Have you hit these legendary 45 minute bosses yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, somewhat. So it oh definitely becomes difficult. Uh, what I can say is that it's actually not a very grindy game, even though it's presented as such. If you're going through and doing the chapters and doing some of the side content, doing the dungeons, you pretty much are at a high level. And that makes it a lot easier. But yeah, I've encountered some bosses that were definitely 30 minute fights. That weren't too, there was only one that was kind of frustrating, not because I lost, I, I did it on my first try, but it was just, it was long and arduous and it was one of those bosses that heals up throughout it. So you're always trying to do oh, more damage. Oh, a regen than, boss. No. Uh, yeah, no, it sucked. But yeah, that got that out of the way. And the battles themselves are getting longer. The longer you get into the game, the like regular encounter battles start getting like three minutes, four minutes, maybe even five minutes. We'll see. Like, yeah, it starts getting up there. So you're talking about a boss that is frustrating because it kept healing itself. Did you play Final Fantasy VIII? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. Uh, I won't get too far then. There's a boss in eight. I own it, though. <laughs> it's called uh, the boss's Ultimicia. Mm -hmm. And uh, she uh, has Renoa, one of the characters, in her chest. And she heals herself by sucking the energy out of your character. And if she dies, it's game over. So you got to constantly heal Renoa who can't act, but is being leeched essentially. Oh, so yeah. you're like, you're baby bottling the, your character. So you won't die. Who is also baby bottling the boss who is, you know, enjoying itself with free health. Wow. That's no, no, thanks. No, Definitely no, no, thanks. no, thanks at all. Big, no, thanks. 
because I thought I was cool and just started blowing all my summons and murdering, but they're, you know, they do multi-tax. So it attack and murder her too. And it's like, Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> night, night. Okay. So anything else on your end? Uh, no, really just Octopath Traveler is one of my favorite games this year. It's definitely, it's much more of a pure game experience than a lot of things coming out these days. A lot more, more free form than JRPGs these days as well. Like it really harkens back way back when i think i talked about last week but uh, early you know nes 8-bit rpgs master system rpgs where you kind of just got access to the world right from the start and you could just do whatever you wanted and it's like yeah you could go grind you could go here you could go here could go wherever but i feel like a lot of people are like it has an 85 on metacritic and that's low for metacritic for a a big popular game and because metacritic scores are very skewed towards the upper uh, echelon. But yeah, it really deserves better, I feel. And I feel like part of it is because I feel a lot of reviewers have almost forgotten how to rate games that aren't story-based experiences. <laughs> Ironically enough, it's like, but if it's too much of a game, it becomes difficult to, to rate at this point, it seems. Don't let the other people's ratings bother you one bit, man. I will want you next week to do the hardest sell you can on me. I want you to just shoot me down tell me everything that you absolutely love about this thing and convince me for the love of goodness just i want to buy this game roger there's also keep in mind a 50 minute segment on my other podcast about it so if you want to check that out too true uh where can we find that workout <laughs> that's uh into the video game.com episode 56 is where you can find that one so it's fun because uh if they want to plug so if I put them on the spot, they love plugging. So it's like, I want to catch you off guard, Cam. One day, one day. <laughs> Nick, Nick, you've been quiet. You've been trying to recuperate. You've been trying to regen mm-hmm. your energy. You are the boss we love and fear. What have you been playing, man? Uh, standards, Overwatch, Destiny 2, Pokemon Go, which we talked about. And we're going to say, uh, yeah, um, few new ones in my rotation, Realm, Realm Royale, which Realm? is the... Realm, Realm Royale? Royale. Another- yes. Oh boy, another Royale game. Go ahead, tell yes. us. Uh, probably going to talk about this a little bit more later on, but it's uh, it's a Battle Royale out by Hi-Rez Studios, who make uh, Smite and Paladins. Uh, and so it's a class-based RPG Battle Royale. And it's fun. It's actually like it's like how Fortnite was initially. It's just fun. Like you, It doesn't matter whether you Are win you or suggesting lose. Fortnite's not fun anymore? That most highly that, talked about and played game in the current world? All opinions on this podcast are my own. <laughs> oh no screw that i want to hear you represent everything represent your family represent um, your favorite chain store the problem with fortnite is fortnite has always been that game that's that has a very low uh skill floor but a very high skill ceiling um and what makes it stand out from other battle royales is the ability where you can build structures and i'm a hundred percent sure that when they first developed the battle royale they didn't think people would be able to build castles or at least have the ability to build castles yeah, but now have time they wouldn't have time, but now that's what makes the difference. It doesn't come because there's bloom in effect in the game, right? And bloom mm-hmm. is basically an RNG cone that determines where your bullets are going to go when you're firing from a gun. So it's not where you're aiming, that's where your bullets are going to go. That's uh, more hit scan. Bloom is just, it's RNG. It's just whether you're lucky or not. So it doesn't really come down to skill on the uh, shooting aspect of it, but it comes down to skill on the building aspect. And now the lobbies are just filled with sweat lords of the highest degree. Like the moment somebody builds above me, I'm not good to the extent where I can outbuild anybody. The moment okay. somebody builds above me, I just 
stuff. I, I just I'll go out in the open, drop all my stuff, and present myself as a sacrifice to his. Uh, yeah, uh, bend over and assume the position because clearly you have reached and met an ascended creature that can build Pre- higher. Pretty than much, you. like he's just he's just a better player, um, and it's just filled with people who just are sweating all the time. And I believe they didn't officially confirm this, but a lot of streamers and a lot of other content creators have where they activated skill based matchmaking in an RNG loot based game which makes it even harder, right? right? Um, so you'd have established streamers who have like hundreds of wins, make brand new accounts and play absolute potatoes. I think this is uh, the, the very frustrating point between uh, Fortnite and PUBG because PUBG, I, you, you got to get uh, good and, you know, sneaking, learning to traverse the area, get the guns and whatnot. But Fortnite introduces a whole new mechanic that I am just unaware I've never had to strategically place blocks down to save my life or fight something. Uh, that's not necessarily true because I play Terraria, but or Minecraft. I, you know, but I'm not doing this like I got you know half a second to build this giant 50 foot high ramp and then put a wall behind me to stop you know incoming fire. This is like bewildering to me. And then you know that's completely like I can't do that. I can't do it. I thought I was good. I, you know, I, I can play with Cam. I can play with Nick on Fortnite. I can shoot forward and all that stuff. And I can snipe the heck out of somebody. But I can't build like that. That That is no, a... And it's not a game that I can main. Like, if I'm playing with the squad, sure, right? Um, it's, it's just fun and you're in it for, you know, just to have fun with your friends. Um, but as a game to main or to play all the time, it's not my thing anymore. There was a, There was a point where I would have dreams about Fortnite. I'd have dreams about what I'd have to do. Oh. Or, you know, I mean, I've had those too, and I haven't played Fortnite. So yeah, fever dreams. I'm so sorry. But uh, yeah, so Realm Royale, um, you have five classes. Um, each class has its own class abilities and um, um, class weapons. Uh, unique class weapons. So there's the engineer. There's a soldier. There's the mage. There's the assassin, and there's the hunter. Um, assassin gets a uh, sniper rifle, hunter gets a bow, mage gets a spear that uh, casts stones uh, things at enemies, uh, uh, the soldier gets a axe that they can throw, and then the engineer, I don't know what the engineer gets. I haven't gotten around to playing the engineer. Not important. Uh, not important, but you get two weapons, you get two class abilities, every class has a movement ability, you get a mount, um, yeah, it's fun. You get a class mount? Uh, not a class mount, you just get a mount, it's a horse. Say, has you're a horse. supposed to wait until level 20 for that, what the what kind of <laughs> game is this bullcrap? Yeah. Remember um, in my days, I used to have to rummage and bag for 50 gold so I could get the training for my first mount. And barely ran faster than I walked. Anyways, there's been another game that you've been playing. You, or at least you gave it a single shot with me and my wife. Or sorry, my wife and I, Amanda. And I enjoyed it. Did um, you? I wasn't sure. I thought it was one of those plight, you know, like, oh, I had a good time with you. And then you're like looking at your friends like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. You know, hurry up. <laughs> no, no, I had a good time. It was like, uh, you want to stay for dinner? No. The, uh, advent of my sickness. Hmm. So, okay. Uh, I could only express so much emotion. So, <laughs> Nick, you played Terraria. Yes. Uh, for the first time, it looked like. Yes. And you were almost dumbfounded for the most part because the first question you asked within 30 seconds is, what do I do? And it's like, I was like, chop a tree. You know, you got, you have an axe and you start swinging your pickaxe. And it's like, it's not working. I'm like, use your actual axe. And eventually yeah, is, um, it, it's a, what is it? Sort of like a very base RPG adventure game. Uh, 
pixely voxel based you can do whatever you want um closest thing it reminded me of was stardew valley when i just saw in terms of like images and description and not that they're the same game but you know probably a similar kind of management style kind of game but with stardew valley you have a clear objective you have to manage the farm mm. whereas with terraria it just it, i i asked that because it just helps give me an idea of right what, oh, yeah, what do you start doing right what's the first step at least to start and when you're like oh you just chop a tree and i'm like okay so there's really no objective you just do whatever you want like uh i'm, I'm sure cam you've played quite a bit of terraria at least a little bit yeah maybe like 20 30 hours i'd say okay so it's like everything when it comes to playing terraria for the most part is self-imposed the, the very first basic thing is you could run it across the map and literally do da but as soon as it hits night you get brutally murdered by zombies so the first main goal i guess you could say is build something around you that'll stop zombies from coming in and it's like okay you could do that with a dirt block circle around you put a door in you're golden and then you're like okay what do i want to do next and it's like okay maybe i should consider doing like a second room and get some npcs it's like okay i got five npcs in my room i got this tiny little house i made out of dirt fantastic what do i do it's the same question that nick asks and you know it's very fair because it's like what do you do and you know the only answer is you go down pretty much you you, you go down and you, you dig and you, you pray the goodness you find something nice and usually it's death i remember too i think one of the things for me as well when i first was getting into the game when i first got into terraria and purchased it it was coming from minecraft so a lot of people had kind of made the switch later on in minecraft's lifestyle like lifetime i would say and they were like, hey, you know, Cam, come join us. We're playing Terraria instead. And the way that they had advertised it to me was it's like a Minecraft alternative, but with more combat and more RPG mechanics in terms of like weapons and leveling. Well, not leveling, but weapons and, and armor and equipment and that sort of thing. So I was like, oh, OK, cool, cool. But yeah, there is, you know, you can have a fun, unlike Minecraft, I feel you can have a lot of fun in Terraria specifically with the combat aspect of it just to oh, say yeah. like oh i gotta get the better loot gotta get the you know better weapons different weapons fight the stuff stop the uh, i forget what it's called but when there's like a horde or something that happens i remember i mean uh there's uh, a pirate invasion like the there's a or something. invasion there is a final boss that is uh the moon lord essentially Cthulhu. Okay. but uh that's the interesting thing i'd like to say in hard mode specifically once you uh because there's a couple of biomes that you traverse in order to fight you know the next boss because after a hard mode goes on things change it's like suddenly you don't want to explore you want to get as much good stuff as you can you know as a survive because you you want you like numbers to go up but you don't want the numbers going against you going up because suddenly monsters triple in damage you got new strategies new battle mechanics and exploration becomes that much harder and I really enjoyed the idea of uh, working hard, trying to deal with these crap hole monsters and these new biomes I got to deal with, you know, run into the, the hard mode jungle and pray to God that I won't accidentally break the pink bulb that summons Plantera without building a giant arena first. And it's just, it's always planning, always planning for the next kill. And I'm sorry for the, uh, the seizure warning back there because Link just got the Triforce piece. And uh, the, the idea that I'm always planning the next kill for the next boss, it always feels like I, I have something to do. It, it, the game doesn't tell me I have to do it, but it's like, okay, I got to beat the Destroyer, this giant 100-foot-long Goliath Steel Titan worm thing. What am I going to do to defeat this thing? I'm going to stand on top of my house and summon and pray that it works. Well, it doesn't. Oh, crap. So what am I going to do next? Well, I got to figure out some way to keep out of its way, so I got to build this cool, you know, 
platform high in the air and somehow convert the way I'm fighting it using a uh, different range mechanic because I was doing sword swinging all day and I was cool. But, you know, I don't want to stand close to this thing because it will brutally destroy me. I got to switch to range for mage and figure out what to do with that. And I realized the more I rambled, the more, uh, you know, guys are staring at me like, what the heck? This guy is going <laughs> to go on that usual 10 minute rant about Terraria. I will, too. You got to be careful about it. So, yes, Nick is giving Terraria a shot. I hope he keeps playing it. We just started a new world and we haven't gotten to the first boss yet. And uh, I decided to say, screw it. I already cheated. Uh, you know, not, not, not like hard cheating, but uh, do you remember the corruption, Cam? Maybe. What what was the corruption exactly? Corruptions were like giant burling holes into the earth that had like giant one-eyed googly monsters that always wanted to come after you. Okay, all right. And at the bottom, there was evil altars and uh, shadow orbs that sat at the bottom of this. Yeah, I think I remember. See, the thing was, when I played Terraria, and also this is actually very similar to when I play Minecraft, my playstyle is not about progression so much, rather than just, I like amassing stuff just to protect myself. So whether it be Minecraft or Terraria, I never moved into, like, bosses or the Ender or any of that. I just kind of played the game and built stuff and survived with my friends i mean that's what i'm doing right now technically because if i play without the wife i'll die mm-hmm. so if i do play anyways which i will i i do it instead by making myself more aesthetically pleased with the area so i start yeah. building extra defenses walls and stuff ways i can traverse around the world and uh but i guess the reason i was talking about the corruption is uh the blocks you cannot mine normally they're not meant to be mined because it's supposed to be a biome that you gotta worry about because it's gonna spread across the world infect everything and then you gotta give up that world however the game has forgotten that you can use bombs and bombs blow up even stone and so you are able to mine even stone later on once you enter hard mode and there's shadow orbs down there that you break open that give you a cool, very early hard mode game weapons, which I got within like 15 minutes of playing the game because I had bombs and I felt kind of dirty doing it. But, you know, I got a sweet, sweet musket now. So, I mean, what can you do if, you know, people are swinging their swords and throwing boomerangs. And meanwhile, I'm you know playing the first evolutionary rifle. Oh, so good. OK. Anything else on your end there, there Nick? Uh, Dark Souls 3, been playing more of it because that's all my friends will play and I want to play with my friends. There you go. Um, that's a game to play. That's, you know, with your friends. It's fun. Happiness. I hate the game. I I can't blame you. I can't, I can't stand the game. But I do blame I, you. I, I, I'm getting better and I hate that I'm getting better and I'm in liking that I get, I'm getting better. To, you, like, But I hate the game, but I'm, I'm getting good at it. So, you're you're hating the uh, the scrub mentality, but you're finally getting over it, and you're feeling self-deprecating over it. Yeah, pretty much. Like I I'm can't. Getting... What's up? It's 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 a game. Dark it, Souls Three is a game. It's a fun game. Yeah, it's, it's a game. Yeah, well, once you're used to it, you know it's fine. Um, but I'm never playing it alone. I'm only ever playing it with my friends. So they're like, "Oh, remember this place for when you come back here to do this quest?" I'm like, "Nope, never happening. It's too scary for me." Um, I need somebody to protect me always, so I'm never playing this alone. I mean, you don't want to play the game where you're chopping a knife between your fingers alone because no one else has seen you doing this horrifying, terrible, painful experience. My friends who play the game and who are taking me through it, they've played it about five or six times through, right? So they've already carried me through like more than halfway. I think we're getting close mm-hmm. to the final boss, and I have no idea what's going on because I've realized now that the story in Dark Souls is very incoherent. It's there. But something. you you have to like really 
extract yeah. the information and you really have to like piece it all together. Um, and even the quest system is weird because there's a quest system, but there's no quest system. Like there's no, there's no tab, there's no UI, there's no marker. You just have to realize that this NPC you're talking to is actually giving you a quest. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, most of the lore for Dark Souls is buried. Like the lore is is very deep, but it's all buried within like weapon, you know, flavor text. And it's all buried within specific NPCs and that sort of thing. But yeah, as you said, basically the quest system is that you just you have to listen to people in the world and do what they say, but you're not going to get uh, marked around anywhere because of it. They're not going to point you with a big like Skyrim arrow, like go do yeah, this. Yeah. Oh yeah, where I just push B and I throw a giant laser to the ground that just shows me the exact direction, like in Dead Space. Oh, that's so nice though. But seriously though, they they beat it five six times. Yeah, like the, are they unicorns? Are they such wholesome, humble creatures that hate themselves so much that they just they 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 want to die, but they can't, so they just keep going on. The majority of Dark Souls players, uh, like, because there are people who just play Dark Souls and they play those games over many 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 times. I'm where I think the of the people who play Dark Souls, the minority of them are the ones who only play it once. I'd say. I feel like if you played a game like that more than twice and you played a Zelda game, you would hate that Zelda game. Like, it's like, where's the difficulty? This is too easy. I uh, I could do anything. So, well, I mean, to be fair, I'm, I'm not sure if Dark Souls 3 follows the trend where you can find ways to cheese the game. I'd like to think there's, can you cheese there's the game? plenty no. of ways where you can cheese the yeah, game. It depends yeah. on the boss, depends on the areas, depends on what you're trying to do. For Still shoot the dragon expensive. in the tail? Um, I have no idea what that reference is even, but they, they, my friends have told me about uh, cheeses right at the start where you can just skip to like the halfway boss and just proceed from there, um, okay. which I'm assuming is useful for speedrunners. But also I think why they go through a lot of the times is because of the different builds. Mm-hmm. There's like a myriad of different builds that I think they're like 6,000 starting classes. That's a lie. There's probably like 12, but there's something closer to yeah. like 6,000. Yeah, and, different variations. And you still have like a million builds on each different class based on like the... Uh, um, where you lodge your points and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, I suppose that means it's my turn. It's my turn. Uh, boys and girls, let's sit down. We're going to talk about a, a certain popular game series by Square Enix. It's called Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> oh, guys. It's, it's a great game. It's a great series. You know, the first one I played was Kingdom Hearts 2, and it was a fantastic experience. I had a good time. I was in high school, so it, it hit me in the right weeaboo ways. In fact, it probably got me into the weeaboo ways. And then I tried playing Kingdom Hearts. I beat it, but I was kind of, you know, eh, okay, fine. Follow your heart. Pathway will come forward. It's like I, I like big cartoonish bosses that are actually difficult because they looked silly, but they also were dangerous. However, since Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming up in the near horizon, apparently in 2019, because I thought it was 18, but, you know, crushed. They lied. They lied. I was wrong. January 19 so far. I decided to get the the big whole shebang package out for the PS4. And looking at this list, there was a quite a few games that I haven't played. In fact, I only played two of them, Kingdom Hearts <laughs> 1 and 2. So it's like, oh boy, that's right. There's uh, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, my favorite one. People talked so well about this, but it was weird because everybody got so hyped about it for the second one, but I, I never got into it. And I played this for about 20 minutes before on the Game Boy Advance. It was not for me. I, I you know, I was like, oh, I can play either as Sora or as Riku. And I thought it was cool. It was a great concept. And there's another seizure warning. Thank you, Link, for collecting another Triforce piece. Anyways, I started playing Shin of Memories and I started realizing a couple of things. 
because this is the new RE reply to Chain of Memories. I guess that's what it's called. RE semicolon. It's 3D now. Oh, okay. So yeah, this must just be a remaster of Chain of Memories. Or, or is Chain of Memories recoded, maybe? Uh, okay, it could be. something else. Well, recoded is RE semicolon coded. But, you know, okay. it could be. Recoded is another game, I believe, from the phone or something like that. Yeah, true, true. Because that is so, one of them. Chain of Memories is interesting because it gives you all the taste and feels of all of the games and or the worlds that you got to explore in Kingdom Hearts 1. Okay, good. I get to feel good. I get to see Traverse Town. I get to see uh, Aladdin and over in Agrabah. There's a couple of problems with this, though. This game, the like the Agrabah world, for example, is on a four by four squid or squid uh, grid. I was going to say a square and a grid at the same time. A squid. Squid. It's not a squid. Not an octopath or octolink. It's a squid. And it's telling me, hey, you need to go two squares up and one square right. But you got to get this key. Got to make sure you get this little key card. And you can only get this key card from a random event or from a specific event. You got it ready. However, you need a second card that, you know. So I got to grind monster fights, which have no other intrinsic value besides increasing my deck value and my health. Bless them. And the fight is god awful. Uh, you know, we... Your friend talked about it on your podcast. It's very true. The card system on that is just something to behold in such a way. Like, if I could play Euchre of Poker, but it involved me trying to drop kick my opponents, <laughs> it would be fun. It would be interesting, but it wouldn't work. It's like, I got a full house, and I'm just going to roundhouse kick you know, straight across the table or something uh, you know, as I do a bicycle fin- uh, kick finger motion. But very quickly, it just it get, it gets stale. It's like, okay, the, the first 10 seconds, the first five attacks, it's going to be all me because I got these sweet cards. But then it's like, oh, the next five seconds, I got to run away and spin around in a circle and recharge my deck because the rest of my cards completely suck. It's like, oh, well, Tyler, why don't you raise the value of your cards? Why don't you get better cards? I could, but then the enemy keeps getting better cards too. So it's like suddenly the highest card that has the value of a nine, suddenly they want to drop 27 because they can slap three cards. So I need to get three nines of my own. It gets worse and worse. But I'm going to back up just a little bit. And the real part that really bugs me at this game. So I get to the next point. I get to this next room. The next room, suddenly plot happens. That's fantastic. I love plot. Plot is good. Gives me story. Problem is, though, I realized very quickly that this room has absolutely no value to me. It doesn't care about the room or the fact I reached it. It's pretty much telling me, hey, walk to this point. I'm going to give you a point uh, plot value here. Go somewhere else. It's like, oh, can I explore this room and fight Heartless or something? Nope. There's no values. Just, just, just go off this other random direction. Here's a key card. Off with you. And it's, you know, doing this four or five times for very, very. I was almost about to drop an S bomb there. Very crappy story plot because, like, this is. It's like, okay, you've never seen the Aladdin movie. I need to give you five minutes just to just fast forward through everything, take anything you can find, and just throw it right there. Like, okay. And so there's an Aladdin, yes. There's a Jafar, yes. There might be a genie, I don't know. It's a stupid game. And I I know it's, it's a stupid, terrible game. I've never had such strong feelings about a game like this in a while. So I was like, okay, Chain of Memories is in the hole. I might play it, I might not. But there's another one that I've been really, really wanting to touch ever since I worked so hard in Kingdom Hearts 2. I got that secret ending. That's the beginning of Birth by Sleep. Mm-hmm. Birth by Sleep is okay. Yeah, because isn't the combat system in Birth by Sleep similar to the um, Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2? 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There's uh, some minor differences, whereas in uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, most notably, you could do special attacks and whatnot, but it'd be considered a spell that would use up your magic meter you know, wholesale, and uh, it would automatically be triggered for you. However, most of the time you're playing by yourself, and it's like, here's three things you can do. Press triangle whenever you want. Uh, time meter will fill up. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to mash the triangle, and then I'm just going to punch A all day until those meters go right back up. Kind of boring, getting a little stale. That's okay. Then I thought it was really cool. It was like, oh, man, we're focusing on three characters. Terra, Aqua, and some other guy I don't remember. His name's Ventus. Ventus I like to yeah. yeah, he, he's whatever. He, he's Sora's long distant great 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 grandfather <laughs> apparently i mean this game is only 10 years before kingdom hearts one whatever so shows three different stories i get to pick one of three I'm like oh this is starting to get pretty good okay you know got some good high quality cut scenes got some you know details and all of a sudden it went downhill real quick again like i i, I picked tara I'm not sure if this was like, oh, Tyler, you should not have picked Tara for your first, uh, you know, your first chapter. This is terrible. And when I picked Tara, I, uh, the first world I get to go to is Aurora and uh, the Sleeping Beauty, essentially. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the Enchanted Castle, which there is, I believe, two rooms. Like, I'm used to a world where I get to spend 45 minutes to an hour. There's two rooms, actually three. You got the bridge, got the main castle, and then you got Sleeping Beauty. Where are the entire cast of guards? Where, where's the king? Where's anybody? There's only three characters that live in this castle anymore, and that is Terra, the uh, Maleficent, and then Sleeping Beauty, Aurora. PSP and, limitations. <laughs> yeah, no freaking kidding. And I, like, I got a kick out of this during the uh, the world with Cinderella because there's supposed to be this giant uh, ball, which you know in the movie there's hundreds of people standing around and whatnot. When I was like, we're gonna have a fantastic ball right here. And it's like four people. And I was like, oh, okay, this is definitely a ball. And there was a point where one of the characters, one of the five characters there is like, where's all the guards? And I'm like, probably with the rest of the budget because <laughs> they're not here. They don't exist. And suddenly it went from like great start to like, we're going to give you an IV dropper story and you're going to have to love it. And it's like, oh, crap. <sighs> and I'm starting to worry. Nick, Cam, I don't know if Kingdom Hearts is something i like anymore you need the time that's the thing is like to get into kingdom hearts now at this point i feel like or to even get back into it you need to still have the amount of time that you're willing to put into the game like you would have in the past you got to be like strapped down for a 20 hour 40 hour every time i i think i would have fun if i started playing kingdom hearts 2 again and yeah you're right it would take more time but i've sunk in a couple hours in each one of them it's like this game is not fun it it's it's frustrated because i want it to be fun but it's like follow the darkness and the guy's like what that's like come on give me like five more words instead of what is they is kingdom hearts a good series you're asking the wrong person over here i've, I've only touched yeah, one and two kingdom when i was hearts, young is kingdom hearts a good game series i mean i i would say yes but again i've only played one and two when i was young and i'm looking to get around to them and i'm going to be playing them all again once three comes out and going through them all so i'll have a much better like way to say it then but i can only tell you what my friends who are into it have said which is that chain of memories is the weakest generally assumed to be the weakest so that's that bullet in my end then huh yeah yeah, right well you know first into the gun but the problem is it's canon and so you have to get it in and they did make some things into movies for the you know 1.5 and then 2.8 and 2.5 for the ps4 uh-huh. versions but yeah i think kingdom hearts as a series is is 
I can't speak from a gameplay perspective because I don't remember a lot of it back from when I played. But what I can speak to at least is that in terms of character interactions, in terms of making a world, in terms of all these different characters, uh, there's a lot there because of how much time they've had to develop that stuff. So in that sense, because they've made such an expansive world, uh, that part's good, I would say. Even from an outsider perspective, it seems that part's good because there's a lot of reference points. Like when I've done my diving on the wiki, for example, because I wanted to see if, okay, can I understand what's going on? There's you know, plenty of characters, always relationships between them all, a big ensemble cast, and those are all things that I enjoy. So I would say like for me, yeah, no, that aspect of it's good, but I need to remember what the gameplay is like and play all of them to really say. Yeah, I guess another thing I'm concerned about is there's probably about... 40 million rabid fanboys out there that will defend each and every one of these games to the death by duel. And so I'm afraid if I keep saying Kingdom Hearts as a series might not be the best, you know, the best, uh, the branch of video games. And all of a sudden I, you know, shoot, uh, arrow straight to the neck or something and like you take that back or I'll beat you down with my cardboard keyboard. But at the same time, it's okay. I'm going to revise what I say right here. Now for the record, I think almost every single kingdom hearts game for a handheld platform are terrible that I think that's a safe one on my end. They are Canon. And therefore, if you love kingdom hearts as a whole, you must suffer as an artist, as a gamer and play them. I feel like you kind of got to wait on that one. Generally, if, if I'm going to call something terrible, that's not like universally panned, right? Because you can take a look at something that has like a 40 on Metacritic and be like, yeah, no, that's universally agreed to be terrible. But for things that are, you know, generally well reviewed, I feel like I got to experience it myself to completion even and say then, okay, was that good? Was that bad? Okay. So you're telling me if I beat Chain of Memories and I realized for what it is now, I would be able to uh, ubiquitously or ubiquitously, I can't even say that word unanimously there we go i'll pick that word instead say that this is a, a terrible game with uh, some value to it yeah i think that would definitely hold a lot more water because you never know here's the thing with these games right you never know especially when they're a long experience a if slow the burn. system more so if the system doesn't evolve because it's the card-based system you a never very know. slow burn yeah you never know if the system's going to evolve into something once you have enough cards that gets really ridiculous and fun and then you can say well the beginning was really terrible but it got good but until you have that experience at the end, you don't know that. So it's hard to say like outright, this is terrible without having that experience. I'm going to keep playing them. Yeah. I'm not, I, I, I you know, I, I really want to put chain of memories into the ground and call it good. But after your friend mentioned that there's a cool theme, <laughs> I want a trophy showing that I, I, I suffered that tragedy. Yep. Josh, my, my, uh, my friend, Josh, you're referencing struggled through um, both stories. So he did Riku story as well as Sora's story, got them out of the way, completed them in only a couple to three weeks, I believe. But uh, yeah, he's glad to be done with it. I know that much. So he might feel similarly, but not as extreme. My final thought and concern about chain of memories for this is kingdom hearts Two. they introduce organization 13, a group of nobodies. And Sora's like, Oh gosh, you guys are bad. And they're like, yes, we're organization, organization 13. And it's like, they're entirely the antagonists of chain of memories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, that's when they get in. Like, it's funny. That's when they get revealed. And so in chain of memories, you kind of need to play it to understand like, where'd you guys come from? Yeah. But Sora doesn't even know who half of them are because uh, organization 13, by the time in kingdom hearts two happens, uh, there's like eight, maybe nine left, but only four of them get revealed and they're never mentioned again. And, Quite frankly, I don't know if they need to be, but it's like, what happened? I guess uh, is it worth it? Is 
they probably will be mentioned again because I've looked at the on the wiki pages of Organization 13. Like everybody has a full page. So there's probably a lot of stuff. And, you know, because it's Kingdom Hearts, everybody has like multiple forms as well where it's like, oh, there's yeah, the real one. There's the nobody. I'm the, there's one. The, I'm yeah. the heartless. He's the nobody. <laughs> He's the unversed version. We don't even know that existed yet. <laughs> Here's the heartless nobody fusion hot combination. Here's the... Here's the imposter version of that guy. Yeah, yeah, no, seriously. And then the jeez. Oh, okay, enough about Kingdom Hearts three. Nick has been like silently coughing slash laughing this entire time, and I want to put him back on the board. And quite frankly, I got the best solution. Cam, I'll let you take it away from here. Alrighty, Nick, it is time for the Nick Switch Initiative, and this time, Legend of Zelda quiz. So, as we said last time, everything here is directly from the Wikipedia page for Legend of Zelda, the overarching page. Now, because of that, of course, I made them a little more difficult because they are on the page, but I only limited it to the first part of the page, we'll say. Ah, I worked so hard on the bottom half. You're on your own. I'm not going to go that extreme. I'm going to, you know, give them a little bit of leeway. There's there's a couple. Start going through the references. What reference (laughs) is this? So, yeah, I kind of have, there's a difficulty scale, but you're going to have, for this one, I did design this quiz around one lifeline. So we're going to do that for this one. So if you're ready to get started, we will. Right. And uh, I think we agreed in the future, potentially, if if we agree anyways, uh, two lifelines after this. Yeah, because, I'm good. because I mean, there's a Nintendo team uh, theme around this, and the only Nintendo uh, Nintendo game that I'm well versed with is uh, Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Right, and I just barely scraped through the uh, which was the first quiz, and I barely scraped through <laughs> that. So, uh, and to be fair, even if you have two chances at a lifeline, doesn't mean we're gonna get it right because we're you know not. This is true. Because as we turned. <laughs> As we I'll learned in the, right. the Mario quiz, uh, Cam totally convinced you that it was the wrong answer for the game. That's true. Game. That's true. Because he totally misunderstood the yeah, question about I just, halfway through for some reason. I did. I had the answer. I had the correct answer. And I you just. You were right. Oh. Yeah. And it's like, do I tell him that? I was like, no. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I just was thinking backwards. Don't worry, though, Nick. I am the. I'm going to show off my Casual Master Quest shirt right here. And then I was going to raise it. I was like, I am the Zelda master when it comes to information. Oh, I'm going to have to probably edit that section out because I want to get one of these questions wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, but how confident are you when it comes I am to 100% meta confident. versions of Legend of Zelda? Not the game itself, but maybe the, the inspirations for the game, the cultural influences and things like that. Ooh, as long as it's not numbers. Oh, um, you know, I don't influence numbers. And yeah. then that's when, I, when my glasses start flashing. And all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> Japanese children from the band Porygon episode start, you know, oh, oh. but okay, sorry, bad, bad reference. My bad, my bad. Back hey. it up, back it up. Yes. Are we ready? ready? Go. I'm ready to go. All right, let's do this. All right, Nick, so you got one lifeline for these five questions. Some are multiple choice. Some are not. Some are okay. short answer. Some are long answer. Okay. So Where's can I grunt like affirmatively? Like he'll he'll pick me up like, <clears throat> but then, you know he's like, oh, I pick. <clears throat> I mean, you can, you can. That's the no, way to go. No, no, no. It's, it's probably gonna make it more I, more difficult to understand. But I will not do my Donkey Kong impressions while we do this, <laughs> unless it's Donkey Kong themed. Then that you know, I, I, all hands on deck. Go ahead, Cam. All right, first question: In what decade did the first Legend of Zelda game release, Nick? Oh, that's easy. First Legend of Zelda game came out in 1986. There you go. Wait, congratulations, Nick. I'm gonna you give don't it have to the Wikipedia page up right now, right? Because you know, I swear, also in the first. 
It was also in the first like sentence or two. So, okay. I, I mean, I'm impressed. Yes, he's absolutely right. 1886. And it came out on the uh, 1886. Nintendo. You heard it here, Tyler. Oh, you I'm heard sorry. it here, folks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Back be three years before <laughs> Nintendo even existed yeah. when they're making the flower cards. Around Nintendo's founding. <laughs> Mr. Yas- Yasuhiro Yamauchi was he was making the greatest, darkest plans <laughs> on the system, on technology that never. Okay, whatever. <laughs> All right, uh, here we not, go. 1986. Uh, I had okay. the Everclear, I swear. <laughs> All right, number two. Among these people, who was a creator of the original Legend of Zelda? Eiji Aonuma, Shigeru Miyamoto, Hiroshi Yamauchi, or Yuji Naka? Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. Is that your final answer? Yeah. All right, you are correct. Congratulations. Oh, man, you're making this too easy. I guess I did. Maybe we're we're making this easy in general just because he has access to the Wikipedia page before this. I mean, not during, of course. No, hopefully not during. I can make it harder. I can make it harder if we want, but uh, let's keep going. Do you want me to... mm, well, yeah, that is in the line, I guess. Oh, Nick, well, no, you smell this think, right I, there. I think, just come I think and get the it. The next question should be a hard one because I'm already at two. That's yeah, true. Step it up, senpai. I'm, I'm okay with you stepping it up. Uh, okay, I, some of them are relatively easy though because I didn't know how much you were going to look at the Wikipedia. I didn't. I didn't make them too hard because generally I make questions too hard and people mm-hmm. can never answer them. I so, mean, it's about finding I, the right balance, right? Yeah, but I just have what say, I have. Just give him a normal question. He had me just brutally torture him with questions even i didn't know oh yeah no i one of my rules was if i had to know the question ahead of time like before i even looked at the wikipedia i only put it as a question if i knew the answer before i looked it up mm-hmm. uh, all right so let's see uh, legend of zelda originally released on which japanese console and the japanese name of the console okay i would like to defend him as his question lawyer this is not <laughs> legend of zelda related this is nintendo and japan related it is Legend of Zelda related because the game's releasing on it. Yeah, but the question is not focused on Zelda. Okay. Okay. But guess what? Answer it. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. It's in the Wikipedia page. It was like a big, big, big portion of it. So guess what? Answer it. Um, can't remember the name of it. Ooh. Um, you do realize the, the trick part of the question Cam's trying to lay you in, right? There is no trick. I'm serious. Legend of Zelda originally released on which Japanese, the Japanese name of the console released on. Is no I know, trick. but it's like on this Japanese console. It's like, okay, you might be able to you know, throw them in a little pit trap. I don't think, is there a pit trap? Well, I mean, okay. I'm like, I'm backing off. This all right, is, all right. No, there's nope. no there's no intentional pit trap. There's, there's a na- this Japanese console it released on. It's just the Japanese name of that console. Was it the Famicom? There you go. You got it. Okay, because I was like, when's if he says the Nintendo Entertainment System? Then no, yeah, that's why I'm saying the, the yeah. trap. Yeah, wasn't that wasn't that the second or he the was third trying game? To booby trap came you. out on the uh, end. No, that, uh, that's why I specified. That's why I specified. There's no booby trap. That's why I specified the Japanese name. The Famicom <laughs> technically did come out first, and then once it reached the U.S., it got rebranded as the Nintendo. Yeah, oh, yeah. I see. And, and remodeled what, and re. I because it was you know top loaded and then it was front loaded but that's why I, when he said japanese console i'm like mm. yep and no, i remember glancing i remember japanese. glancing over the section and i remember oh that's the sh- uh, that's the stuff that cap keeps talking about <laughs> yeah that's why i had to put it in okay yeah. so I you're mean, that's, at- that's three scores right there isn't it yeah. but let's keep going right yeah of course keep more. going all right, all right. It victory well, laps which Good one of job. these isn't a piece of the Triforce? The Triforce of Courage, the Triforce of Wisdom, Ooh. the Triforce of Spirit, or the Triforce of Power? Uh, Which of those Triforce is of not? Power? That's incorrect. Ah! It is the Triforce of Spirit is not a okay. piece of the Triforce. 
I told you about this, Nick. I trained you, man. <laughs> well, I know. We went over the, the triforce. Ganon has time. the power, Link has the courage, and Zelda has yeah, the yeah, wisdom. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. All right. And last it's one, of the course. the gamer that has the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Last one. What was Shigeru? And he he's out. Okay. So what is Shigeru Miyamoto's inspiration for the Legend of Zelda game? Was it A, he loved to ride on railroad tracks? Was it B, <laughs> He thought it would be cool to explore caves and rivers. Was it C? He had an interesting fascination with rivers and fishing. Or was it finally D? He really loved to pl- unplug the modem to Cam's router. <laughs> so I'll give you a hint. Hey, I'm back. As, somebody, <laughs> as your lifeline, I'm going to say D is not the right answer. I was going to say oh. for the joke, I would have said D. Oh, okay, okay, so questions. Two questions. One. Did yeah. it catch me talking throughout that time? Uh, no. You said, did Shigeru, and then it cut out, and then I immediately picked up and made a completely oh, okay. question right. based off of that. Because I didn't know if when I freeze, I'm still transmitting or not, so I talked about Zelda sales for a little bit, but now I'm back, so I can do the actual question. That is so cam. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he's, he's nervous, he's frightened, he doesn't freeze in place, he does what he does best. <laughs> he starts talking numbers and sales. Yeah. So, so the question was, what was Shigeru Miyamoto or inspiration for the original Legend of Zelda. That was the exact <laughs> question. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nick, you got to cross-reference the answers, yeah, including the part where Shigeru Miyamoto inspirationally unplugged Cam's modem yep. and see if it compares to any of his answers and you'll find the right one. Try to stop me. Okay, go ahead. Who am I waiting on? It, uh, we're waiting on oh, you for your... Oh, you, oh, you don't have multiple choice? No, no, this is a long-form answer. Oh, man, I really spoiled oh. you... I yeah, I asked, oh, man, I was like, I got long form answers. I asked you a question. Answer the question, my friend. So I remember when we were talking about it earlier this week, we I specifically asked about the references for the sword mm-hmm. and how it relates to Arthurian legend. Okay, uh, yeah. With like the stone and the sword. Um, and I know, I remember reading this uh, at some point in my life that the fairy and Link are um, uh, basically like a Peter Pan and Tinkerbell reference. Yep. Uh, but Link specifically. Uh, well, not even. The, I said Legend of Zelda as a whole. Legend of Zelda as a whole from yeah. uh, Zelda. I don't know exactly where the Zelda name comes from, but I know it was from a book originally. I feel uh, like you're misreading how uh, the answer Cam is trying to look yeah, for Yeah, so I'm looking for what inspired the idea for the game. So the oh. type of game it is that Previous what experience you're doing. or fantasies that Shigeru Miyamoto might have had that would have caused him to say, this could be a game. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go with one of the answers you provided, Tyler. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, I made it up on the fly, so I hope I picked one right. Um, he this got the my idea version of exploring forests and caves when he was a child. Yeah, that's it. So you got all of them, actually, because you got the Arthurian legend, you got Peter Pan reference, and you got the caves and stuff. So we'll make it harder next time. This is fantastic because not only was I a lifeline for him in the final question, I, I was his lifeline by giving him multiple choice. Like, I didn't give him the answer. I was like, I'm going to make this less hard for you. Jeez. 
But yes, okay. you're right. So, so I think I think we're we're like workshopping our way on these quizzes. We're we're almost there on what's the right difficulty and what's most challenging for me. Well, you know, I will say this: I didn't know how much of Wikipedia you were going to read. Uh, right. Given now yeah. now knowing that you you did read it, I'm going to make it much more yeah. difficult next time potentially. That's so. fair. <laughs> Cam, do you want me to leave the next one to you then? Uh, yeah. Do we have any idea for what we want it to be? I would like to say that Nick should pick. Ooh, okay, Nick, how about a Nintendo franchise? Why don't you pick one, and then we will uh, take care of that. Yes, um, uh, if you want to name some off, uh, Donkey Kong, Kirby, Metroid. something I have zero idea on, which is Metroid. Okay. <sighs> Lord help you. I was going to say, no actually, why don't we switch off? Because I like being the lifeline sometimes, too. So why don't you handle Metroid, Tyler? That's good, because I know diddly squat about Metroid, so I would be a terrible lifeline. <laughs> I mean, I played Metroid Prime one through three but beyond that it's like i'm I know, terrified it's a girl in a, in a suit <laughs> most people didn't for the first game until they uh got the uh the right completion okay okay uh i guess we're gonna move on to the topic of the show but before we do that i would like to say congratulations nick uh cam handed you a free 20 dollars <laughs> uh right out of my back pocket and Getting you that money we are officially now at 40 dollars for the nick swish initiative man we are we're gonna put you up there man we're gonna torture you viciously with facts about nintendo but then you're gonna have a switch and be like i know all these things now but i hate them so much like this we're honestly putting you through the chain of memories experience wow Mm. oh boy Mm. and the benefit now is that you can really appreciate now once you get that switch in the end you can be like ah i now understand and appreciate nintendo's history probably not (laughs) it's probably like uh what do you call it Uh, a nationality test for any person going through like a <laughs> test to get the passport of that country yeah, like, yeah i have all this information now and i got the final like prize which is the nationality but i don't know what yep. to do with it <laughs> now you just you ruminate on it you you contemplate it and you respect the history is what you do you spit on the flag as you walk out because you realize you, don't have anything better than you. you just wanted to make sure you stayed in the dang country anyways topic of the show <laughs> topic of the show he does his best <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's that's his uh tagline nick he does his best <laughs> y'all should stop being sick you ever consider that <laughs> oh man i try so wow. hard i try so hard <laughs> I, I feel like i, I should have been healthy yesterday but chain of memories kind of like prolonged it like i felt worse <laughs> i know i keep bringing that up nick you went the guardian con yes i did Yes, you did. You totally yeah. you, you wore your the shirt you bought to show off a uh, casual master quest to everybody, right? Yes, definitely did. That's exactly <laughs> what I did. Awesome. Um, unfortunately, though, because of how uh, because of Floridian weather, uh, day one, as soon as I stepped out, I had to go back and change, so I couldn't wear it for the entire event. So ah, okay, um, okay. Yeah. I was worried because I was gonna pick a a nice regular material that would have lasted it. But I was like, I'm going to go for the cheaper version where uh, any humidity from, uh, say, Florida and weather would just immediately vaporize it to a pure white teacher. It's terrible. <laughs> I know. It, like there, there was bleach chemicals that reacted to the sun. And it's like, oh, but don't worry. Next time I will make sure to get you a proper polyester shirt. Sounds 100%. Good. Moss yeah. will love it. <laughs> Tell us um, about Guardian Card. So yeah, I was in uh, Tampa Bay, Florida for five days, I believe. Um, it was 90 something degrees, um, a million percent humidity. Um, oh yeah. That's Florida for you, baby. The so, finest. It's miserable yeah, there. That wasn't the best part of my experience. Um, but I bear, like, I, I suffered through it for, for the kids, right. For the, the you did it for the raising. children, the fight against cancer. And I'm proud of yeah. you. So the final 
total uh, is $2.8 million Ooh, this year. All right. Um, they met their goal of $2.7 million, which is enough to run uh, St. Jude's for a day. And they got up to 2.8. And next year, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger now. So I wanted to go over uh, just a very quick history of uh, GuardianCon and how it started out. Uh, GuardianCon was originally centered around uh, Destiny, Destiny 1. The, some three of the top content creators in the Destiny community are like, we should create a convention. Uh, so no affiliation with the developers whatsoever. Um, so it started in 2015 in a bar in Tampa. And as far as I remember, the uh, the colloquial term for that uh, particular year, for that first year was SweatCon because of how hot it was. Um, but it started off as a joke in a bar. I think uh, 500 people showed up. They had to turn away about 700 people because it just spread through word of mouth. But um, it was considered a joke convention? No, no, it was just considered like joke in the sense that they didn't think people were going to take it seriously. It's a Destiny convention. We're just going to organize this for the community. Let's see what happens. I wonder mm-hmm. how Activision would have responded to this. Like, oh, they're having a convention without our permission? Send in the big boys. Make sure they get no loot. Not even, oh. not even one legend. No loot. <laughs> there will be no shining on the ground that day. No, uh, yeah, no uh, response or no responsibility taken from either the publisher or the Send developer. To the Luke Cave. Oh, I'm man, so, I sorry. Luke Cave. Yeah, I missed yeah, the, the Luke Cave. Luke was, it was beautiful Luke Cave. Yeah. I have no idea um, what it means, but I know everybody loves it, so I say it. Um, and so after seeing how many people showed up, they're like, well, we can do something with this. Uh, so they partnered with the charity, St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. They do specialize in uh, cancer research. Uh, so 2016, uh, they started off with taking, gathering all the top Destiny content creators, having meet and greets, having tournaments. They raised um, $500,000 because they have a week-long charity block that they run, charity marathon uh, marathon that's on 24-7. Um, same thing, uh, 2017, except a lot bigger at the actual event, uh, $1.3 million. And now, um, they've because of how Destiny 2 is done, they've had to split away from... Um, uh, Destiny as a uh, focus for the event. Uh, mm-hmm. The term Guardian they decided to keep because uh, the people who are raising money for this, essentially they want them to think of ourselves as Guardians. Absolutely. Um, I just want to shoot a side question. So to this day, does Activision not actively actively, uh, see what I did there, uh, sponsor this convention? I do not know about Activision, uh, but this is the first year that Bungie showed up as, uh, like, officially showed up as developers. Okay. Previous years, Bungie developers have showed up in support of the event, but not as Bungie. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if they're showing they up as Bungie, money. if they're showing up as Bungie, Activision probably has to be involved um, in those cases. Yeah. I would assume so, at least in some regard, or at least give them the yeah. go ahead to do so. Because so. especially yeah, this year, they so showcased a new game mode. So uh, nice. I would, I would imagine that Activision would have had some say, but in terms of sponsoring the event, no, it's still yeah. owned by the same three streamers that started it, plus another friend they added eventually. Uh, they haven't given off any rights, any sort of responsibility to anybody. They still handle it themselves. So now uh, they've had their week-long uh, break from uh, GuardianCon, and now they're planning already for next year. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I would love to, like, just... Give me five minutes with one of them. I would love to talk to them about how this came to be and, you know, the work that goes into that kind of stuff. They're amazing people. So if you ever want to reach out to them, Professor Broman is one of them. He's uh, always, his, his, everything's open. He's always available to talk about anything. Um, and I had the pleasure of meeting him at the event. So Professor uh, Professor Broman, who started off, he's still a Twitch streamer. King Gathalian, who's still also on Twitch. Uh, K Magic 101, who's on Mixer. 
and uh, Alex, I believe he goes by Omni Waffle on the social medias. He doesn't stream, but he's one of the uh, uh, people, one of the original four. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you went there. Obviously, you yes. appreciate the history there. What yes. did you get to see? Um, so day one, I did everything. Day two, I did nothing. Uh, day two, I made friends and I was just hanging around with them because I did everything yeah. I did day one because it is a new convention. There's really you run through everything in the first day, mm-hmm. um, especially because I didn't stand in line for the new game mode that Bungie's coming out with for Destiny 2, which you I'll tell didn't? you about now. No, I didn't. I'll tell you why. So Ooh. they had onstage events for Fortnite, uh, FIFA, Dauntless, and Borderlands. But Borderlands they did in April, and they called these charity blitzes. So they'd be like four-hour-long blocks where they'd stream, and uh, they'd have different incentives, different goals, different challenges where they'd be able to uh, raise money from uh, whoever they're streaming to or from anybody else at the event. Um, so FIFA, they bought in, um, I can't remember, and I feel bad for this, uh, the other uh, YouTuber that they bought in, but one of them was Nepenthes, who's a very popular FIFA YouTuber. Um, and so they he came out all the way from the UK. Uh, so he was there at the event. Uh, Dauntless... They had one of the founders or two of the founders and other people uh, do a Dauntless charity event. And Dauntless, if nobody knows, is a uh, free-to-play Monster Hunter. Yeah, I was in the uh, closed beta for that, actually. You can really? you can you can't really com- complain about it because it's free to play, uh, but it is at the moment lacking on certain features or certain things that Monster Hunter has. But it's free to play. Mm-hmm. It's fun, and it's probably going to get there eventually. Um, and I think now it's. Uh, available to everybody. Yeah, so it, it entered open beta a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was in the closed beta because I talked to the developers at PAX East and they were giving out, of course, closed beta, the uh, cards and stuff like that. So I, I participated nice. in it for a bit and I felt the same exact way where it's like, for a free-to-play version of Monster Hunter, this is very fine. Like, be, you have to definitely weigh the free-to-play aspect. Like, if you just compare it hard to Monster Hunter World, Monster Hunter World wins in most respects, in almost every respect, I would say. But, like, as a free-to-play game, like, yeah, totally fine. Totally fine. And it's doing big numbers right now, too, so. All right. Fair you enough. You just have to be okay with it looking very much uh, like Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, it's just that I think it's built in the same engine, too. Um but yeah, so they had Dauntless Tournament, uh, Fortnite Tournament featuring Dr. Lupo and Ninja, two of the biggest Fortnite streamers. Dr. Lupo has been involved when he started off as a Destiny uh, uh, OG. Like he was part of the community from when it started and he made got his break with Fortnite when it came out. And so he's always been involved with uh, Guardian Con and uh, the charity drives. Uh, Ninja has been involved with the charity drive last year for sure. I do not know about the year before. So... Mm-hmm. It, they didn't just uh, pull him in just for this year. They didn't. They they've had the connection and they decided to flex that connection specifically this year because it's for a good cause. Um, but it's not like it was some sort of like attention money grab sort of thing. Nobody. Uh, I I think uh, you have to pay if you want to set up uh, boots because there were some artist boots and there was a place called Artist Alley and yeah yeah uh, custom made T-shirts, custom made artworks. It was great. I mean, it makes um, sense of the four of the people, you know, they're, if they're going to fully sponsor it, they you know, try to make some of the money back. Yeah, no. So they had, uh, it's quite a, quite a list of sponsors. I'm just going to pull up uh, the full list of sponsors right here. Um, of course. And, they, and it's been, uh, it's been growing. So they've got, they've had Scuff Gaming who do uh, custom controllers yep. uh, for the PS4 and the Xbox. Yeah. Uh, Warframe devs, and I'll get to that too. Warframe Steel Series was there. Origin High Performance PCs, they were there. Uh, Nature's Ultra, and they deal with, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, CB, CBD oils for uh, anxiety relief and other kinds of relief. 
a more homeopath kind of treatment. Oh, okay. Um, Dauntless was uh, the uh, Dauntless devs were official sponsors. Pixio monitors, DX tracer chairs, uh, High Res Studios, uh, who mm-hmm. I talked about, who do uh, Realm Royale. Uh, Bungie were there officially this year, and Buffalo Wild Wings. Ooh, um, <laughs> and Buffalo Wild Wings. But, but here's, here's the thing about Buffalo Wild Wings, which was which I found really BWW. Have you guys I, gone to BWW yeah. before? So, fun thing about that, I just want to, that story. So, Nick coming yeah. from Canada, and he puts in chat, have you guys, like, yo, going to BWW? And we're like, what is that? So, did you think it was like, I'll put it this way, right? I've never gone. Like, it, is it supposed to be a big American thing? Like, does it view That's that way? Oh that's yeah, no. 100%. That's what I thought it was a big American thing. Oh yeah, I've never gone. <laughs> I li- went in once. There's one nearby. There's one like 10 minutes away. Oh, okay. And we, we walked in and the prices on wings were high. So we're like, we're going to Taco Bell instead. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There is one day of the week. It's like Tuesday or Wednesday, Wednesday where the wings, the boneless wings are like normal price. Not, you know, instead of, you know, I'm going to exhort you up the butt. Yeah. But every single day, it's like, you want to try a burger? Here's $13. Or, you know, you can pay $9 for this little... Okay, we're not here to talk crap about Buffalo Wild Wings. (laughs) However, the only redeemable thing that I appreciate about that is the fact that I can play a little gamepad thing and smoke, hopefully, some eight-year-old child across the entire restaurant in Texas Hold'em. Oh, I didn't know about that. Wow. You you never had the gamepad thing back then? I've never gone to Buffalo Wild Wings. (laughs) And the other thing is uh, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings is actually the place I discovered I have something called Acid Reflux. Oh, fun. That's fun. Yeah, Yeah. I decided to take what they call the Blazing Challenge, Mm -hmm. where uh, I I don't remember how many wings, 8, 16, but they put the hottest sauce they they can find at the time anyways, and I ate so many. I I don't think I actually did it, but by the time I came home, uh, the next morning I had to get out of school because I thought my appendix had burst. And uh, I went to the doctor and realized that the acidity of the uh, the wings was so high that it went very well past uh, the acidity of stomach acid and reached almost the level of uh, maybe not as far as a car battery, but it went so far up there that it was like in the right stage to start doing an ulcer. And and it's like, oh, crap, Uh, chug this giant bottle of Malax or Malox ASAP and that was terrible, but I, d- I didn't mean to interject on your BWW story so viciously us laughing at you about big white women versus <laughs> B-dubs. Because well, you know, I was also like, what is that? You learn lessons uh, certain kinds of ways, right? I was I doing it B-dubs. Yeah, I got the impression, too. I just loved how it was worded because it was like going to BWW like I had any idea what that was. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm going. I'm going to grab a uh, something over at TB. Tuberculosis. What? <laughs> I loved it. It was great. Right. Um, we we totally love you, Nick. Okay. No, I know. I know. I can take a. I can take one hundred percent pooping on. Well, there you go. There you go. We're not pooping um, on you. That would give you an E. coli infection, which so would taste Buffalo a whole lot better than Buffalo Wild uh, Sponsors officially. Yep. 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 Yes. Um, a funny funny thing about them though for the whole two days they were there it was just a tent and a table there was oh. no there was no food there was no samples it was oh. one person manning the tent um i mean they, they sponsored the uh two official meetups on uh two nights post uh, what the, were they the, really doing handing out yeah. stickers or something i not not even they they were getting people to sign up for their newsletter i think <laughs> 
What? Um, the, the Buffalo I mean, Wild Wings. So there were there were three there were three gaming boots, uh, okay. uh, streaming boots for um, uh, different streamers to different charity blogs throughout the day. Yep. There was one in the VIP lounge. There was one sponsored by St. Jude's, and uh, they have their own uh, gaming initiative now called St. Jude's Play Live where they do a bunch of different family-friendly games to raise money for them throughout the year. So it's not specifically this event. And then there was the Buffalo Wild Wings uh, uh, booth. Uh, but beyond that, it was just confusing why they were there in such a like large amount of space. Uh, but anyways, moving on. Uh, there was uh, the Texas Gamers Lounge, uh, and they provided a fully equipped arcade area with retro games, oh. new games. So like I got to play some House of the Dead 2. Nice. Was fun because I... Um, it was it was fairly big. Yeah, everything is big in Texas. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, okay. I met a lot of Texans and I did chat with them a lot. But yeah, no, the Texas Gamer Lounge was quite big. It was a nice arcade area. It was a good uh, repri- uh, reprieve from uh, the rush of the con. Um, and then there was also a trading card game area um, with uh, uh, a seller. What, what do you call them? With the uh, I'm completely blanking on the word right the, now. Uh, the, the, uh, the Titanic. Yes, the Titanic. Um, I'll sell a card. You mean vendors? Vendor with the vendor. vendor. Okay. Oh, the right. Titanic I, had vendors. I knew it. <laughs> I was, was a vendor cool. selling uh, Magic the Gathering cards, mm-hmm. Pokemon cards, mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh cards, basically selling just equipment of all kind. Yeah. And there was like, Yo, 20. man, I had a huge 5,000-card collection when I was a kid, but no, now was, I got to get rid of them all. 20 tables. Uh, people were setting up and having their own tournaments. Mm-hmm. 15,000 cards when I was a kid, so I got to <laughs> get rid of them all. Um, what else What else was there? The Artist Alley, there were people selling uh, custom uh, dice, the, mm-hmm. the multiple-sided dice. Um, and they look beautiful, but they were expensive. Like they had the normal ones starting at about thirty bucks, going Ooh. all the way up to the metal ones starting at about one hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, that actually, uh, I might know. Do you, were they making tables too, by any chance? Were they making role play tables? N- they were selling some mats. Okay, because there is a company that's really well known for their woodwork, and they make wooden tables as well as like wooden dice, very intricate, okay. very ornate. So I figured it might have been them, but it doesn't sound like it. Um. But yeah, no, all around, it was just amazing to see uh, the growth this year and how many people have become involved, uh, because now it's real, right? There were a lot of people who were pushing back against uh, the idea, according to uh, the founders, because it's in Tampa, it's a gaming convention around a game that's not doing so well, it's not going to work out, and now all of a sudden it's this big event where, you know, uh, you've got Ninja showing up, Dr. Lupo Mm. showing up. Sure, like you've got the Fortnite names only right now, but it's still a lot, and there were still a lot of people there just for the Destiny community and it was great because um so now i'm gonna go talk about i'm gonna talk about the devs now and we've got bungie who showed up uh, they had uh, their physical items from their store on um but they were handing out codes where you could go and get 20 percent off but so they weren't actually selling physical items but you could go and order online and get 20 percent off and if you did that you get a poster which i did so i bought a poster to get a poster mm-hmm. um, congratulations <laughs> you get I, like I, I like artwork so um, then they had um i think uh, I want to say close to 40 stations set up with their new game mode uh, that's coming out in September called um, Gambit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the DLC is called Forsaken, and it's a new game mode called Gambit. There are It's a PvEVP event, right? So it mixes PvE and uh, PvP, um, and it looks fun. There was a, uh, there was a Gambit tournament, uh, I think, end of day one, and that was, the, that was the best part of the, one of the best parts about the event for me. Everybody was focused on the main stage, on the screen, watching Destiny 2 try to come back to life. And <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a testament 
to how much we still love the game and we're just waiting for it to get better, regardless of whether <laughs> it does or not, right? And no, that's exactly like, like we're just so heartbroken and just waiting and it's going to be great if it actually does work out. Um, but why I didn't attend or stand in line was because the lines went up to about six hours long. Oh, yeah. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to enjoy the event. <clears throat> so instead of lining up, I'm like, listen, I've seen enough gameplay of it. I'll just wait until September. It'll probably be a lot more fun figuring out things then anyways. And like, it's not, if it was maybe a year away, then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to line up now. But because it's coming out in a few months, I decided, you know what? I made some friends. I'm going to go hang out with them. Yep. yep. Um, so that's uh, Bungie's presence. Uh, Realm Royale was just there to try and build a player base. Uh, so they had, I think, um, uh, maybe 17, 18 systems set up. Um, and just going like old school arcade style where people would just wait, take a turn, line up behind the different monitors, uh, the different stations. They had, uh, I think, one or two devs on hand, but a lot of volunteers. And I, I chatted with a lot of them, and they actually convinced me to give Smite a go. And oh, yeah. I've talked about my dislike. <laughs> um, and I'm willing to give anything a go at least once. Yeah, give it a try. Uh, of course. The only, the only reason I, I said I'd give it a try was because it's a third-person MOBA. Yeah. Which I'm more like more willing to try than like a top-down sort of like. Um, so... I guess I'll talk about that in a few weeks when I get around to it. <laughs> then we had Digital Extremes in official presence. They didn't have a very big booth, but they were showing off one of their new game modes called Frame Fighter, which is basically, um, you know, Tekken or uh, uh, what's the other one? Mortal Kombat, but with Warframe. Yeah, frames. 3D fighting game. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had maybe, I think, four PCs set up, and it wasn't a busy booth, but it caused enough tracks. It's like, it's one of those weird, it's, it's not a Warframe event. They had... Uh, their Warframe community event, I think shortly before, two weeks ago, TennoCon in Ontario. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess they got most of the traction out there, but they still agreed to come and showcase some of that here because that's the the relationship that the founders built with the, the Warframe devs. Yep. Uh, the, the the founders, King Gathali and Professor Roman specifically, are actually um, in contract with the Digital Extremes to help grow their um, online presence and their streaming platforms. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so by extension, they are also Warframe partners. Um, yeah, and it's just it's just amazing how many different uh, sections of the uh, gaming community have come together for this event. Uh, so we like Destiny, Warframe, Realm Royale, Fortnite. Uh, they, oh, they did a Borderlands event in April where uh, you have to go out and hunt and farm for specific weapons in specific ways. There are restrictions on what Whoa. you can do and how many how you can farm them. Um, and based on that, uh, you have to pay out. A certain amount of money uh, or something. I can't remember how. Oh, the pay the win out there. Something. Am I here and pay yeah. the win? Pay pay to win against cancer, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Pay for money sure. for like, uh, um, donate money. Pay the yeah, is terrible, uh, but it's against cancer. There's Final Fantasy runs like this too, where uh, however many party wipes you get, you have to donate twenty bucks every party wipe. It's probably something similar to that, I assume, where it's like certain depending on what you get out of the loot box, the loot, sir, depending on that, you have to donate a certain amount and you have to pay out to the charity, basically. I think that's the idea, right? The greatest sacrifice. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, it's just great. Like the, the FIFA section of the community was the smallest this year, but I think it, it's viable. Um, I think they only did uh, three or 4,000 during the charity block during the event, but three or 4,000 is still better than nothing. And yeah, it's like a absolutely. Um, one of the highlights from the uh, the charity stream, the charity marathon, is uh, so it was all four hour blocks, different streamers, different groups. One of them was called DCP, Desti Community Podcast. 
It's uh, five different content creators. They, mm-hmm. They've been doing this podcast for a really long time, centered around Destiny. Um, and they hit 45,000 in three and a half hours or 50,000 in three and a half hours. And then uh, somebody dropped. So they had a, they had a stretch goal of 100,000 mm-hmm. to get tattoos on their butts. Oh, yeah. I saw you post about this. Yeah. Nice. They had a stretch goal of 100,000 to get tattoos on their butts. And the moment that three and a half hour mark hit, somebody that they were playing games with uh, dropped $25,000 in chat. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. It made a wow. $25,000 donation. And that just kicked off a whole train of $20 for the next 30 minutes that got them to $115,000 at the end of their run, at the end <laughs> oh, of their block. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> nice. So this community is amazing. And I think we'll talk about this next week, but there were some Fortnite scandals yesterday. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I didn't hear yeah, about this. Fortnite event uh, scandals. But yes, that's, that's Guardian Con as a whole. It was great. <laughs> It's going to keep getting better. It's still a little bit rough around the edges because they had a new location this year. They were at the Tampa Fairgrounds for two years, so they had an idea of what to do. And now this year, they're at the Tampa Convention Center. Mm, and yeah. the security requirements are a lot higher. And uh, food vendors were like a lot, rest- uh, there was a lot more restrictions. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, there, I forgot to mention, there are plenty of panels as well. They had uh, different event rooms, uh, upstairs conference rooms, where they had plenty of panels. And one of those panels, which I had the pleasure of sitting in on, was a mental health discussion panel. And one of the streamers, uh, she she led it. Her name is She Snaps um, on Twitch, uh, and she talked about her past and her history with uh, mental health and why it's important, even as content creators, and what we have to do. So it's also breaking ground on trying to make sure, like, we're still people. We're like we do these things for either a reason, be it as a career, or be it as a way to escape from things. And we still have to be mindful of other. Uh, you know, everything else that's going on in our lives. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, overall, I think, I think if we give it another two or three years, like this year was a statement year and they did exactly what they, what they wanted to do and they achieved it. And the next two or three years is just going to grow into something that's even bigger. And that's going to just bring in the entire community, entire gaming community for something good, albeit in, in, in hell's armpit. Um, yeah, Captain yeah, Florida. yeah. Jeez, we're in the armpit, huh? <laughs> so, uh, one thing I did want to ask is actually, did you get any sense of what the overall attendance numbers were? Like, how many people ended up showing up? Um, you and your there was statistics, a man. You and your statistics. You know it. Capacity for ten thousand people. Right. Um, they uh, they sold out their uh, day passes for Friday and the Saturday, but they still had plenty of their two day passes. Not plenty, but I think they were closing in on yeah. selling out their two day passes. So, so I would imagine. Close to a safe guess would be about 8,000, 8,500 people. Right. And that's um, per day because generally different people yeah, come different day. days. So overall it might be even in 16, 8,000 oh, area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, they haven't, they usually talk about this later on, but they haven't talked about how many people they had to turn away because yeah. they had a certain amount uh, left to sell at the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Man, nice. All right. Is there anybody that you, you know, you met that you would like to give a, a shout out to? Oh, I met a lot of people. Yeah, uh, I, so, of, I know I you did. You, so yeah. Even the um, cat, dude. Even the cat. The Man. cat was the best part about the hostel that I was taking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I made a lot of streamer friends. Um, or just a lot of, not, not, I, I don't know why I necessarily said streamer friends, but that's what they do. That's, I met a lot of content creators. They're going to um, be friends soon. Don't friends work. who stream. There you go. Friends who stream, yes. Um, I spent um, a lot of my time that weekend with a streamer called Libra LeBron. Uh, super positive guy. Um, he's been through his own fair share of things, but very positive, all about spreading love and affection and positivity and making sure that everybody's okay. Um, he actually roped me in that day 
Um, I was going around. I saw him standing in a group with a bunch of other uh, content creators. Went up to say hi. I went around the circle, going, "All right, who's hungry? Who's hungry?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm hungry. I could eat." And then three or four of us, and he dragged me with him the whole day. And that's it. I had no choice. I was I hanging see. out with him that that day. Yeah, yeah. you um, had no choice. I had to hang out with this very cool guy. Yeah, he was very humble, uh, very nice. It, it was great. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Is there anything else you want to detail on? Nothing specifically. I think I hit all the main topics about Guardian Con. Um, I just would not like to go back to Florida, but I will do it for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> do it strictly for the kids. Yeah. Uh, that struggle. Complete that struggle for the kids. No. I'm going to wrap it up in one question right here. Nick, did you have fun? I had a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. That's all I needed to hear. All right. Uh, we, or rather, I totally forgot the game releases for this week, so I'm going to skip it like a son of a gun i can tell you monster hunter world is coming out august 9th on pc Uh, on pc okay yes okay you you heard it first right here and right here (laughs) right now nick i know you talked so much gave us so much information can you give us one last one last mention to saint jude's saint jude's children's research hospital they fly out uh, kids and parents and families from all parts of the world to help them fight uh, whatever cancer that they're dealing with for free at no cost to the family themselves. Um, Guardian Con was about helping that charity, showing that gaming can do good and showing that we as a community, as gamers, people who spend all this time on our PCs can come together and do something good. And yeah, uh, I think if you go to St. Jude's, or just Google them, you can still go and find links to support them. I think the guardiancon.co forward slash support page should still be up where it'll take you and you can decide to either donate once or set up to be a monthly contributor. Okay, fair That's enough. That is, I mean, it's, it's very sad kind of to think about it that that might be the last time you get to say it, man. Until next year. <laughs> Until next year. Until next year, about the same time, I'll start it all over again. Yeah, yeah. We'll find something for you. Uh, I would like to also point out that coming up this week, this week, we're going to have a special podcast going on for the history of Nintendo, where we're going to deliver you the deepest, geez, the deepest, I know, the devious, the deepest cup you could possibly imagine. It's going to be coming out on Monday around uh, noon 30, early afternoon. Doesn't matter. You can email us at casualmasterquest at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at MasterQuestPod. All podcasts and gaming can be found on our YouTube channel, which we will link under Twitter, which hopefully later will include either Terraria or Warframe. You can find me on Twitter at Two Times Tyler. Nick, where, where, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LRWarrior11. And I'm back on Twitch uh, from Mixer. Uh, Welcome that's back. A- yeah, that's Welcome my- back to the living what uh, inspired that decision to transfer over? Um, just the because like, I started I started this because I wanted to play with my friends. And that's where all my friends are. And it's just easier that way. And so I'm back on Twitch. Like, really. So you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash LRWarrior11. All right. Uh, what about you, Cam? You can find me on Twitter at CamCollects. I use it every day. So you can come check me out there. I also stream twice a week, once Monday night, 7 p.m. EST with Pokemon, and once Friday, 4 p.m. EST for Sega Master System games. And in Pokemon this week, coming up Monday, we're doing the Elite Four. So it's the last nice. time we're going to be wow. streaming Emerald Randomized. So be sure to show up for that. And if you want to listen to my other podcast too, you can find that at intothevideogame.com and talk about industry analysis, industry news, and all that good stuff. So that's that's the places you find me. Man, that is that is quite the plug-in right there. 
I think that's pretty much it for uh, episode 11. Unless you guys got anything else you want to say. I'm all set. All right, cool. Sweet. That was Nick. That was Cam. That was Tyler, myself. And thank you very much for listening to this episode. And don't forget to never forget, never forget. <laughs> to never stop the grind. Never stop the grind. I love you. <laughs> love you. Love you. <laughs>